I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I'm Tom. I've got the news machine gun all primed and ready to go. Really? Bionic. For 80 minutes of... Lock and load. 80 minutes of uh, Revelation 18 world uh, exploration and exposure. Right in the face, like a big pencil, like aimed at your forehead. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. We are so glad to be with you. I can say without fear of contradiction that we love every one of you all out there. We appreciate all of you, mm-hmm. particularly uh, even those of you who criticize us at times, and we appreciate well, that and the, rebuke those us. Those of you who, like, plain hate us. <laughs> well, they, but they still listen. Yeah, that's I've, I've always good. wondered about that one. And I appreciate that, and all of you who have been so supportive of us in days of late. Um, we're going to do tomorrow's tremors this week. We are only going to be able to touch a small portion of all the stories since it's such a big deal, uh, what's going on these days. It's a mess. Um, it's a train wreck. I feel I, like I should be waving my hands like Alex Jones. Yeah. Start going nuts. If I could uh, just tell our listeners a personal thing, uh, those of you who have been emailing me, I want to thank you for the encouragement that you provided to me, to our show, to um, praying for us about this new uh, journey for us in this next phase of our show and overall all around encouragement and, and also the rebukes and exhortation that come along with it that uh, many times have some valid things to say uh, and I want to just apologize to you all that with all these changes and some personal things going on and challenges different that uh, I have gotten so many weeks behind in responding and I just ask you all to bear with me uh, I plan to get through and catch up on those of you who have asked for a response from me uh, and, uh, you know, particularly those who sent something specifically to me or to us, uh, and want a response, just please be patient. I don't ignore it. I promise you, I read the emails as I get them, but get, get a little after running acts on some deadlines we've had. And it's been, we're even doing some books, even though we're not doing interviews every week. There's some books in advance for interviewing that I've been involved with and things. And so I will get my act together, and I just want to thank you for being patient. And the other thing that I want us to use this opportunity to be more, uh, um, disciplined about is to read uh, listener emails. I think many emails that we get would be instructive for our listeners because they're very intelligent. They have a lot of good points, and mm-hmm. it would be a good thing for us to talk about. Also, when people ask the same questions in general, we can cover them all on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're very we can't read all of them. We get too many of them every day to be able to read all of them. So we hope people aren't offended if we don't pick yours. Uh, we try to pick the strategic ones that sort of cover a number of emails. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things I want to remind you all to do, like uh, Merv tells you every week, be sure and let us know in the email if we can read your email on air. Uh, some of you that are regular listeners probably have not because we've been so remiss in reading uh, listener emails that uh, you probably thought it's not going to happen anyway. We're going to try to get back to that for a part of our news when we have our new shows and uh, if you all could please let us know in an email. I've tried to get some of the more important ones the last few weeks and email them back and ask permission. I've not heard back from them for the show. So we'll try to pick that up next week and uh, try to get some of those stories done. So enough of those. Any general announcements you have? Oh, um, no. It sounds like... Oh, you know what? There is one. What? 
there's a new new conference going on. It might be a little bit early to talk about. Just going to say that. Oh gosh, we okay. did it's a mind meld, Bork mind meld. No, you tell. There's going to be a conference. It's going to be awesome. We're speaking. Uh, Doctor Future speaking. Tom Bio. You mean speaking. that being the reason why it's yeah. awesome because we're speaking? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no lots of other people there. Yeah, it's going to be great, uh, even even besides our presence. And for all you upper Midwesterners, it's in your backyard. Yep, it's uh, uh, there up in Indiana. Fort Wayne. Yep, uh, April 1st, actually, which is an odd mm-hmm. time, April Fool's Day. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm they getting set up pick, or something. They take that in our honor, too. <laughs> yep. Now, they'll have a wicker man mm-hmm. there waiting for us. Yep, so I want all the Futurians to mark that on your calendar. Uh, details will follow. It's it's going to be like Woodstock. Yep. I don't minus, know how much mud there'll be. Minus the music and, and the crowds. I'll be sort of like the wavy gravy character there. But, yeah. Uh, It'll be Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I'll probably like just like set fire to my computer at the end of it at the presentation. <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> Uh, but please come. Uh, Chris White will be speaking, uh-huh. which is enough reason to come just yeah. for that. Uh, Andrew Hoffman's going to be He's coming. He's going to rock the house. Man. From the West Coast yep. coming. And uh, his ought to be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Chris, I think, Pinto? I believe Chris Pinto is signed on, yes. Anybody else? Um I know that Derek uh, Gilbert. Gilbert is, I don't know if he's speaking or he's emceeing, but I'm sure whatever he's doing, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. The Future Mobile will be there. Sweetness. This is just like the, the, the car show ads for the car show. Yeah. Coming this week. Sunday, to, to Sunday, Sunday. Fort Wayne. <laughs> Don't miss it. Future Quake Mobile. Dun, dun, Pictures for the kids. Boom, 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 boom. So anyway, be sure and check it out. And uh, I think it'll be... Now, it has an interesting title. Yep. Which fits even very much with what we cover a good portion of our show. Mm-hmm. The title of the conference, I believe, is called The Politics of Religion. Mm-hmm. And I've got a topic that I'm looking at that I need to talk to CJ mm-hmm. uh, to get with him, who's putting all this together. Pray mm-hmm. for CJ, yep. everybody. Uh, this is new for him, putting all this together, mm-hmm. and he's stepping out in faith uh, to do it. Um, it's very, very modestly priced, and it's going to have catered meals. Yeah, there's going to be uh, two or maybe three, I think two, yeah. two meals that are going to be, like, awesome. It's going to be like a Friday evening and then all day Saturday, right? Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the ticket. Okay. So you all just get some convoys together. Uh, we got ourselves a convoy rolling through the night. Trucking through the night, yeah. yeah. And just get Big Ben and Rubber Duck. <laughs> get you a rocking chair. Yeah. Huggy Bear and all those other uh, ones, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Huggy Bear was from Starsky and Hutch. But <laughs> I'm just throwing that yeah. in there. But he's, he's welcome. Yeah. Come Huggy on, Bear Huggy. wants to give us a word on the street. Yeah. Now that'd be fine. Uh, so any, anyway. Keep that in mind. That's coming up. We've got another one coming up at the end of July. That's going to be another big one, too, that you and I will be speaking at. That's a huge one. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be so big. So you'll hear more about that. Do about us. And we got some special guests coming up on Future Quake, but mm-hmm. we now have got some stories to do. So Sweet. would you like to begin with a story? You definitely need to go first. No. Yes. Uh, c- can, I, can I speak up, Mr. Mr. Assange? Yeah, that's Can a I very... talk about Mr. Assange? Yeah, yeah. I think it's timely. Assange? Is I like saying, say yeah, Julian Assange Okay. from WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether this is an important story or not, which I think it is, the, the important thing is I like saying Assange. Assange. Yeah, it reminds me of... It's like something you'd order in a French deli. Well, you know, it reminds me of one of the original Monty Python TV shows back in the late 60s where... Um, 
there was this phenomenon where there was this beam coming out of the sky that was hitting Englishmen and turning them into Scotsmen, mm-hmm. where they would immediately start wearing kilts and play uh, bagpipes, and nobody could figure it out. And they finally figured out there was a spaceship overhead with uh, aliens from the uh, Andromeda galaxy that their dream was to always win Wimbledon, and they knew that Scotsmen couldn't <laughs> win Wimbledon, so they were turning them into Scotsmen, <laughs> and, but they were made out of blancmange pudding. Which is some kind of special pudding they eat over there. Blamange. Blamange. And so they showed up in this big wad of pudding with a racket was just beating this Scotsman who was recommend you know, rep- representing the UK. But at the last minute this British man and woman show up and they just start eating it and they consume <laughs> they spoon, it because yeah. they love Blamange pudding. So uh-huh. So whenever time I say Julian Assange, I think of Blamange pudding. Yeah. That's enough of the arcane references. Okay, here's uh there's so many stories out there about this. This could be uh past quake uh with this, but there's some Well, I mean let's let's throw our two things some, in there. Exactly. Yeah. There's some unique issues to this I'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um if you listen to one or two cable news networks, you're not gonna get the whole story for sure. No matter which one you pick. Um but uh, here here's one where it actually has some words from him, which I think would be useful from once to hear what he has to say. Uh, Assange says document dump targets, quote, lying, corrupt, and murderous leadership. And this is from that uh, conspiracy rag known as ABC News. Okay? Yeah. Uh, it says uh, WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks chief promises to reveal many more government secrets. The chief WikiLeaker, uh, who the U.S. promised today to prosecute, said his Internet site was just beginning to unload its diplomatic secrets and that the documents will skewer, quote, Lying, corrupt, and murderous leadership from Bahrain to Brazil. Hmm. Julian Assange. So it's not just American. I was going to say, yeah, America yeah. is probably the first dump, and now they're going to keep. Yeah, um, but he's not playing favorites. Okay, yeah. Julian Assange, the Australian who heads the secret sharing website, told ABC News today he believes his safety and freedom are in danger. He responded to questions by email from a clandestine hideout. He was undaunted by vows from the U.S. and Australia to prosecute him, and he said the forthcoming diplomatic cables are aimed at, quote, the lying, corrupt, and murderous leadership from Bahrain to Brazil. We're, okay. I was going to say, one, one uh, especially funny thing is that they were trying him as a traitor. Uh, somebody said, we're going to, we need to try him. Yes. Take him up on. Even though he's not a citizen of the U.S. I know. That's like, uh, he's not a citizen of the U.S., so. How can you betray a country you're not a citizen yeah, of? Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, but they have said on the news that they will come up with a new law to prosecute him on. They'll find something. In other words, whether he's broken the law or not, they'll invent a law yeah, to I prosecute know. him I know. on. That doesn't surprise me anymore. And it's living in the police. Stalin state. would be so proud of that. Yeah. Um, and tonight they just announced that Interpol has now called for his arrest, an international arrest, Sweet. due to the uh, person who said that he sexually assaulted them in Sweden, which has been. Those complaints were a long time ago, and I'm sure the fact that they just put that out now has no bearing on political pressure yeah. that the U.S. put on them to do that. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. But well, he ought to go to Iceland. I mean, you know, the, the Icelandic that's where people, his, of course. That's where his hideout is. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's perfect because, you know, the Icelandic yeah. folks, they just said, you know, they they their, govern, their governance yeah. agreed to that bailout, and then the Icelandic people said, we're just going to default. Right. I know. And they, uh, well... That's right. They, the people that Assange is criticizing uh, are the same kind of people that tried to do them in. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, uh, he says, uh, here's his Julian Assange uh, saying, he says, we're only one thousandth of the way in, and look at what so far is being revealed. 
There will be many more, he wrote defiantly. Assange also dismissed a warning today by Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, who said the dump of secret documents puts people's lives in danger, particularly those sources who provide the U.S. with information about abuses in foreign countries. He says the U.S. officials have for 50 years trotted out this line when they are afraid the public is going to see how they really behave. But that's 100% true. (laughs) Assange said in his email, The facts are that we wrote to the State Department asking for a list of any specific concerns they might have. (laughs) They refused to assist and said they demanded everything, including those documents that revealed abuses, be destroyed. So even the ones that showed the abuses they wanted destroyed. And obviously away from the public to see. Uh, The Obama administration's top diplomat and lawyer put WikiLeaks and Assange on alert today, promising to prosecute any individual, regardless of nationality, who broke U.S. law by making public hundreds of thousands of secret diplomatic cables. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that they're going to prosecute everybody in the New York Times who who, uh, made these uh, public... No. Are they going to I mean, do the obviously. Pentagon paper writers? Are they going to do that? No. All of these other things are they then, or are they just targeting one man? They're, well, uh, I have a I have an interesting, interesting uh, theory on that. Do you okay. want to hear it, or should I wait? I don't know. You want to wait okay. until we get. Well, I think. Remember the last document dump? They just said, "Oh, it's it's incorrigible." Oh well. Yeah. And it was gone after about a week. Uh, his he said his next target is one of the largest banks in the world. Yeah. He's got info on them that's going to blow him up. And now, now that he, the minute he made that, like the next day, it's like, whoa, we got to get this guy. Yeah. Interpol's involved. The State Department's mm-hmm. involved. Everybody's involved. Mm-hmm. You mean all the groups that work for the banks? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that goes right back to Revelation 18, you know. Ding. Great merchants of the earth, kings of the earth. That was, that was. And what do they do? They says they deceive the nations of the earth. Mm-hmm. And what this is, is that he's exposing the nature of how they deceive the nations of the mm-hmm. earth. Therefore, he's public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, uh, and this was Eric Holder that had said uh, this. He says, to the extent we can find anybody involved in breaking American law who, helped, who has put at risk the assets and the people I've described, they will be held responsible, they will be held accountable. Attorney Eric, General uh, Eric Holder would said. You, why don't you go after Goldman Sachs? They're breaking the law all the time. and they're campaign contributors. Yeah. Uh, okay. I know. Yeah. Um, Clinton called the release of hundreds of thousands of secret cables not just an attack on America's forest policy interest, but an attack on the international community, the alliances and partnerships, the conversations and negotiations that safeguard global security and advance economic prosperity. Some mistakenly applaud those responsible, Clinton said. There is nothing laudable about endangering innocent people, nothing brave about sabotaging peaceful relations between nations. Now, you know, it would make sense that that she would be critical since he exposed the fact that she had directed our diplomats to spy on people in the U.N. building. Yeah. And they go spy on the diplomats when they're there. And also, uh, it just came out that she was trying to find out about uh, the leader in the uh, the leader of Brazil. I forget which South American nation I just blanked out. You but, don't mean Venezuela, do you? But but no, the female who runs I thought it was Brazil. But that seeing if she was mentally unstable or to find any kind of skeletons in her closet, and so this was Hillary Clinton directing this, oh, and now big, it's coming big dirt out. On her. Yeah. yeah, and so obviously she's not happy about that. Uh, Holder says he advocates closing any gaps in current U.S. legislation that would prevent the federal government from fully prosecuting a foreign national like Assange who published secrets of vital American national interest. 
To the extent that there are gaps in our laws, we will work to close those gaps, which is not to say that anybody at this point, because of their citizenship or their residence, is not a target for or subject of the investigation. Let me be clear, the Attorney General said, this is not saber-rattling, this is an active, ongoing investigation. Which means, you know, we've killed people before, Mm. we'll kill them again. Uh, Though dedicated uh, to bring the light secret government documents, WikiLeaks operates in the shadows, running a sophisticated website manned by an international team from a bunker in Iceland. The current raft of documents, some 250,000 diplomatic cables that span decades and include various and sometimes embarrassing details about the way the U.S. envoys see their foreign counterparts, is the latest document dump WikiLeaks received last year from Army Private Bradley Manning, currently awaiting uh, uh, court-martial. Now, I'm not sure that they, for sure, that's who the, he got it from, but it pro- possibly is. You know, well, and that would be the one thing in all this story that I find really weird. Here's an army, what was he, I think I said he was a private? Yeah. What is an army private doing with all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. That is the one thing that I find really distressing about all this that I can't quite figure out, because that's not a, that's not a detail to easily overlook. He could have been fed it. He could have been, you know, mm-hmm. other people who were disgruntled. It could, be, it, it could him. be a hundred different whole reasons. Yeah. But yeah, he he could be like a, a uh, Lee Harvey Oswald character. Yeah. You know? That's the one thing. That's the one thing that makes me think that there might be more to the story than just meets the eye. It's very possible. Yeah. It could give the justification for shutting down the internet and everything else. Mm-hmm. It says Assange in a statement today suggested there were other leakers aside from Assange or from Manning who turned over documents. Assange said that there were people who entrusted us with the documents and went on to describe them as good and courageous people inside government and who believe in transparency and a more ethical foreign policy. Uh, Holder's declaration that he would seek to hold WikiLeaks responsible was met with praise from across the aisle. Uh, Peter King, Republican New York, said that he supported Holder uh, and said that Assange's personal intent was to damage not only our national interest in fighting the war on terror, but also undermine the very safety of coalition forces in F- F- uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Both Holder and King agreed that WikiLeaks should not be treated as a media outlet, but a criminal entity, which I guess they just get to decide whether that's the Mm -hmm. case or not, Um, intimately involved in the effort to steal secret documents and make them public. Um, Our media have done that all the time. These documents have been shown all the time, and they don't shut down the New York Times or any of these other uh, ones. Okay, so uh, the person who who actually leaks it, if you have the security clearance, that's the person that's supposed to be in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. That was per my training because I had a security clearance the whole time I worked for the government. Mm-hmm. And that was what I was told. The person who gives them up is the yeah. one. Not the one who is receives it by some other channel. Um, it says, King also called Clinton to declare WikiLeaks a foreign terrorist organization. Oh, come on. Now, did they kill a bunch of people, WikiLeaks? I can't remember. Did they, like, blow up anything? No. Okay. Um but they have a political view, so that means they're terrorists. Yeah. Over the course of the year, WikiLeaks has released secret military documents on the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, let's see. Many of the sensitive cables uh, deal with the imminent threat from Iran, revealing that the U.S. now believes Iran has missiles obtained from North Korea capable of striking Western Europe. Um, I'm, I'm just uh, scooting down here. Um, let's see here. Um yeah, it got, it's got uh, Secretary of Defense Gates saying that Saudis always want to fight the Iranians to the last American, which is a little <laughs> bit of truth. Uh, but that now it's time, uh, it's time for them to get into the game, according to the cable. Um, 
And of course, uh, the, the guy from the United Arab Emirates calling, uh, Ahmadinejad as Hitler. And they're all wanting to get Iran, uh, basically. Uh, Ahmadinejad said that the leak would not affect his country's policy to any other countries, the AP reported. Um, so, um, anyway, um, I've got some other emails that talked about the content of it, but I wanted to get a little bit of Julian Assange's comments about why uh, he did this. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, oh, here, here's a, here was a comment at the end of the story from somebody who commented on ABC News and I thought was interesting. Um, it says, uh, uh, Some mistakenly applaud those responsible, Clinton said. They're quoting Clinton in the comments. There's nothing laudable about endangering innocent people, nothing brave about sabotaging peaceful relations between nations. This writer says, I beg to differ with Ms. Clinton and her fellow, quote, backstabbing minions. Private Bradley Manning enlisted in the U.S. Army because he loves his country. He has the gift of not being a psychopathic sociopath like Ms. Clinton, whose family descent is from the deceased Admiral Rodham of Her Majesty's Navy, who created Clinton's legacy with profits from the importation of China White, talking about opium, yeah. uh, from India into Great Britain. This was the top comment at ABC News, Holy by the way. Cow. Ms. Clinton was a child of privilege and is now a New World Order elitist who married a draft dodger, and she has never had to sacrifice herself to save America from its errant ways. Her intolerant ranting about endangering the lives of a callow core of diplomats is inauspicious, since everyone already knows that this is their nature. Uh, they would have been dead long ago if their prattle was not tolerated by the world at large. As for Private Bradley Manning's lack of courage, that's a misnomer. PFC Bradley Manning chose to give up his own self-esteem, reputation, and an otherwise very comfortable role with the U.S. Army Intelligence Corps, a very elite branch of the government, to honestly inform the people of the United States of the misuse of power, murder, deceit, corruption, and harm to the U.S. military, and the, and the Department of State Department are lavishing upon the whole weaker world under New World Order elitist command. Uh, Private First Class Manning is martyring himself to save the USA and the world. We must stop the insanity. Hillary Clinton will not. WikiLeaks, as dispensaries, have with, been withheld uh, criminals' names and travesties to spare their lives, while the New World Order elitists clamor desperately for a pound of flesh. The quality of mercy is not straineth. It falleth as the gentle rain upon the place beneath. Uh, it says... Uh, Another comment. Great stuff this website's produced. It shows us how messed up the world really is and how talentless and criminal world leadership is. Uh, Clinton has the something to say. Assange is putting our forces at risk. Hey, uh, sending kin soldiers to the ashtrays of Iraq and Afghanistan in the name of protecting us against cavemen isn't putting them at risk? Letting the Federal Reserve Bank and Wall Street run amok isn't putting us at risk domestically? Go, Assange, go. Keep showing us the reality of the world as it is. And it says, uh, the founder of WikiLeaks is a troublemaker. And this is another comment. He's making many enemies. I have a feeling he won't live long. He may just mysteriously disappear or die. Mm. So I like those top three comments of the page. Boy, that first one, that was like insanely eloquent. Yeah. Now, I, wow. I, I never... Uh, like, what did you task Will Grigg to write right. that or something? I, I would never uh, advocate breaking the law or doing anything that's, that's wrong like, like this. But isn't it interesting... That how people respond to the story tells more about them than it tells about the subject of the story. Mm -hmm. How the terms they use, how they describe it. Because 
if you change some of the subject matter of this story, uh, this this private and Julian Assange would be described by many, including many Christian people, as a whistleblower. Mm-hmm. Particularly the fact that, to my knowledge, neither of these gentlemen had been shown that they have any kind of big profit motive to gain mm-hmm. from from this activity. Thus far, it seems like they. I mean, that we know of. Honesty. They yeah. don't have any kind of other power agenda that they get because mm-hmm. of this or anything that they gain by taking these kind of activities. They don't even have a specific. Uh, ideology that I'm aware of, you know, like communism or something, that they're trying to use this for that I know of. Mm-hmm. So that used to be described, those kind of people that would expose harm that people are doing or deceive at high levels as being a whistleblower, and they were lauded by society, uh, particularly when people do it at great risk. You know, it was very controversial. I would suggest our listeners to go back and read about Daniel Ellsberg. And the Pentagon Papers. You, we must be having like a serious mind meld going on because yeah. I was reading about him just the other day. And and this was something that went through before. And of course, now, I, you know, I don't know about all his politics. He may have been a little more liberal bent than others. I don't know. But that's beside the point. The point was what he sh- showed. You know, I was raised, you know, hearing around a lot of circles I was at was that you know he was a major traitor and demoralized the troops or whatever. But I think from what I know, what he sh- revealed was true. Yeah, And he took similar risk, and history has been kind to him. And you think about this young man, Assange, and even Manning. Mm-hmm. These guys are in uncharted waters. No one has ever been in this kind of situation. I mean, M- Manning was not caught selling secrets to the Soviets so he could pad his pockets. No. He it wasn't because he was becoming communist. He, he was basically saying, this stuff is ironclad away mm-hmm. from the public. They need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. If people don't take action on the content of it, then we're saying whatever they sacrificed was in vain. And I'm not saying it was like legal, legal, I'm not saying, but I mean, they believe that they were sacrificing themselves for the sake, for the world's better good. And if we don't, I mean, there is no, hardly any that I can find, particularly not when I watch Fox News, any emphasis on the content. No. And, and what should we do about the bad situation, what the content suggests? In these, that's not it. It's like we've got to get this guy, and you know, like you said, I'm treason. I hear these kind of things, even though he's not a citizen of our country. Mm-hmm. He's never physically threatened anybody that I know of. Never threatened to harm anybody. All, all he's doing is basically exposing truthful information to people that already should be aware to us as citizens that we should have a right to have this information already. Sure, I would. Um, I would add to that. I can understand. I'm not one of the people who think that they have to have 100% open communication yeah. all the time. Right, right. Um, but from my cursory reading of what's went through the WikiLeaks or WikiLeaks stuff, it's like, man, there was some bad, you know, like you said, that was just some of what I've read, like, uh, you know, trying to find dirt on um, um, what's a Brazilian president, whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, and, uh, yeah. and, and it's going on with all the world leaders. And his comment was, what he's trying to do is to expose lying, corrupt, and murderous leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to confess to you, that's what we try to do on Future Quake, is it not? Yeah. Well, maybe that's why so many people think we're traitors. Could be. Yeah. Could be. But uh, you know what the Bible says? It says, that which is whispered in the bedchambers will be shouted from the rooftops. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that happen, at least in an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. And I now they're pulling Iceland. out all That's stops. All I'm moving to Iceland. That's all there is to it. Well, it's a nice place. Yeah. Faroe Islands are next door. That's true. 
You could be there. I'll be in Iceland. We'll okay. We have like an axis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> North Sea axis. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I don't know the man personally. Uh, I find it very interesting that these sex charges came up after all of this happened. Yeah, like a day or so. It's just like Like that. we've never seen it happen to other guys who blew the whistle on the government. Yeah. Like they've never been set up yeah. to. It's just like this TSA thing where it conveniently people are getting like naked body scanned like just days after the November 2nd election was over. Yeah. Like, Isn't that interesting too? Yeah, I know. You know, yeah. you know what amazes me about that is the fact that, uh, you know, I'm somebody who follows this stuff closely because, you know, we talk about right. it in the future quake and stuff. And, um, as far as I'm aware, there's not a single person who's put those two things together. Mm-hmm. That's like, gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, how blind are we to be able to not It happened back? just after that. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. it was days, you know? Yeah. You know, they didn't decide about the tax, whether the taxes were going to go up or not, and they still have to decide it right after the election. Because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to be held accountable for the decision they made. And they do this, and we fall for it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Both parties are doing it. Now the Republicans, they don't want to get rid of earmarks, so that was voted down. You know, some of them do. Well, but they didn't want it. But they didn't want that to become official until after the election because it, b- it betrays who they say they are. Mm-hmm. And so, particularly the leadership. I mean, there's a few brave Republican leaders in there, but I mean, the leadership is corrupt. The stuff, well, and the st- uh, that's why, uh, that's why uh, some people they just don't see that. And I don't, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for our fellow listeners, I think we all believe in morality. We believe in a Judeo-Christian worldview. Uh, Hopefully. Well, it's hope. You know, so it's not a question that we don't believe that we want a virtuous nation and all these other kind of things that would please God. But these leaders, they fool so much of the Christian population, and they have absolutely no intention. The, the Democrats don't do it so much because they don't even make an attempt. Mm-hmm. But the Republicans are the ones I'm really disappointed because they play the game. Mm-hmm. They use the words and the other things like that, and then they, you know, particularly the leadership. There's yeah. a few isolated mm-hmm. alternatives, but give us a story. Sorry that was long. I just thought this was so big in the news. I know that's huge, and it's so at core of what we're dealing with. Um. Because we've been because we've been talking about it, I want to do one short one, okay, and then and then maybe do a longer one or right. something like that. Um, I'm thinking, how are we gonna how are we doing on time? But we're we're cool. <laughs> we're like this is a news show. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is from Market Ticker, Carl Denninger, a guy that I've mm-hmm. I've talked about uh, a few times. Um, he writes here under the radar. I'm sure the Fed would like this to stay. No dice. But first, some background. This is a very short post. Yeah, I didn't understand what that meant. Under the the they want the they want whatever he's going to reveal here. The Fed wants this kept under the radar. Okay. Okay. Uh, but he's going to give us some background first. The Truth and Lending Act from 1968 gives borrowers the right of rescission, uh, the ability that is the ability to undo a home refinancing or home equity loan within three years of the closing if the lender did not make proper disclosures generally of the loan amount, interest rate, and repayment terms. The law makes allowance for mere mistakes by the lender, but otherwise requires strict compliance as well it should. Discourse is the main, often the only, consumer protection in the mortgage market. So basically all it's saying is like, there are consequences if they say we're telling the truth and they Mm -hmm. don't tell the truth. Um, The Fed proposal, uh, which he links to, uh, would change all that. He's and he's now he's he's coming from he's he's citing from their abstract citing concern over banks compliance costs 
Uh, it would require a borrower to pay off the remaining principal before the lender gives up its security interest. That would be clearly impossible for a troubled borrower. So the Fed's proposal, uh, now he's writing on his own, so the Fed's proposal would benefit the creditor who violated the law rather than the borrower, paving the way for foreclosures that otherwise could be avoided. In short, what this means is that if the bank violated black letter law in making a loan to you, the change would require you to pay off the entire principal before you could assert your rights. So in other words, they defrauded you. Is that what I'm understanding? Yes. That yeah. They defrauded you on the terms mm-hmm. before you could assert your your right mm-hmm. that you had defrauded. You somehow got to come up with a way to pay off the debt before you have to pay it off, and then you that's that's it. That's almost like debtor's prison. Like, you can't get out of debtor's prison until you pay off this debt. Well, you can't pay off the debt if you're held in prison. It's like a catch-22. Well, uh, you know, I did, of course, read that story. uh, Couldn't have been more than a year ago about the fact that that was already sort of going on in different different counties around the nation. Uh, And then there was also that one where the... uh, uh, Unicredit, I believe it was. I may have the, yeah. the company wrong, so excuse me if I do, but they had set up a fake court with a fake judge and had fake bailiffs and a fake sheriff. Wow. And they were going around this, this large Pennsylvania town wow. and getting people and hauling them into court and saying, you gotta pay us everything you owe us or we're gonna take your kids. And they were accused of this stuff. They talk about treason. You wanna talk about treason? That is treason. That is treason, my friend. That is treason against the whole core of what our country means. Mm-hmm. And that those aren't few isolated incidents. That is basically, it's like slavery. Like yeah, you're setting up some system 100% that's an illegal and, system. And the, the, the fascinating, yeah, the fascinating thing is that people hear that stuff and, you know, some chuckle about it, but where's the outrage? Where's the outrage? Yeah. I agree. It's, it's I like... It's like I entered the twilight zone. Can I put in an, another commercial here? And this is before I forget. Yeah. Uh, talking about outrage. You know, you and I have talked. We've mentioned on our show times that we, we get down here and, you know, have these topics. We rant. We try to educate people what's really going on so they're aware. But nothing changes unless we take action, mm-hmm. unless we decide. And, of course, you got to take baby steps at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've encouraged our listeners to find, like, one of the topics we have and make it your cause. Make mm-hmm. it your thing when you decide to get up out of it and make a difference. You can't do everything. Uh, but we need to practice what we preach. And I'm hoping with our new format it's going to free, free up some time. time where we can actually do that. And uh, sh- should I mention the idea I gave you uh, for our listeners to pray about? Sure. Um there, uh, early in 2011 and every year, they have the National Religious Broadcasters Conference here in Nashville. And all of the, the big guys, the Christian broadcasters, come through here. And believe me, the money flows. You, you see, like, the little ice sculptures and the little uh, goblets with the chilled shrimp going up to the suites and stuff. And, you know, that's where all the widows' mites goes, you know, so these mm. ministries. But anyway, uh, they all come there. And I thought that was an ideal place for us to put together something succinct, like a little booklet or a little, you know, brochure or something like mm-hmm. that, that you and I could just stand out there and hand them out to attendees that have their badge. Maybe we should give them. Um, uh, maybe we should talk to talk to one of our previous guests and uh, and hand them a certain book. I don't want to say it on the air. Yeah. Um, because we haven't talked to them, but. Um, but anyway, yeah. what I wanted to do was just tell our listeners, these are some of the kind of things that uh, 
Yeah, I see who you're talking about. <laughs> um, these are some things that we're thinking about to actually make a presence of people who wouldn't come drop by future quake. Yeah. Force multipliers, as they say in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like for our Futurians to pray about that. Do you think that's a good idea? All of the broadcasters, quote, Christian media, come to this thing. When they walk through the doors with their badge on, um, do you all believe we have a message to tell them? From what we've covered over six years from Future Quake, are there some things that they need to know? Uh, and I'd like for you to, if you would, pray for us that the Lord would give us discernment if this is wise or a crazy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And also, even if you have any ideas on content, are the kind of things that you think Christian media needs to be aware of and take action on? Uh, this might be an opportunity if it's not that piece of undercooked potato, as Scrooge said, mm, as far as the idea goes. So if y'all would just pray about that, and, and also anything else like this. I know somebody has sent us some uh, covers of some magazines that we could use, mm-hmm. and everything, and they're awesome looking. I mean, mm-hmm. some awesome, and I, I, I appreciate our, our, our Futurians for doing that, and that's the kind of thing we just need ideas. We can't do everything at once. We're deliberating right now, but uh, be praying about that. That was just something that came to me. So. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was afraid I was going to no, forget. No, no, that's very good. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um so anyway, that was the short story. Yeah. This is a long, that, very important. I feel. Yes. That's that's. I mean, it's like, oh well, now we're going to openly be able to defraud you, and you can't do anything about it. Again, the very thing that God talked about in the Old Testament to the prophets is the reason, the main reason He judged Israel and the other nations, mm-hmm. is they took care, of, they they defrauded dishonest weights and measures, they um, exploited the the fatherless. Poor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is this is a transcript of something Ron Paul said and introduced in the House, um, and I fi- I just felt it was really powerful, um, so I wanted to read it wholesale here. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, part of it anyway, and uh, maybe throw in one or two little things that I had yeah. found uh, on the side that I I've, I've told to people continually, but they think I'm crazy. It's like my what happens to me every day. Um, Ron Paul speaking, on the floor of the House. Okay. Mr. Speaker, today I introduced legislation to protect Americans from physical and emotional abuse by Federal Transportation Security Administration employees conducting screenings at the nation's airports. We have seen the videos of terrified children being grabbed and probed by airport screeners. Um, now, that's one thing that it really irks me to see children being basically sexually assaulted mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, people in a uniform. One day there will be a court case where they have some child pornography sting and they're going to get a really, really good lawyer and they're going to say, how can you prosecute me for looking at images that we have TSA guys looking at all the time? Mm-hmm. And well, they may win one they, day. They already, they already caught a TSA guy in Colorado doing something yeah. extremely inappropriate in front of the right. screen. Um, anyway, moving on. We have read the stories of Americans being subjected to the humiliating body imaging machines and or forced to have the most intimate parts of their body poked and fondled. Um, that's one thing I can't get over. Like, mm-hmm. um, They often say that that, that that is because of the Christmas Day bomber. Mm-hmm. You know, the Skypool Airport videos have come out, and it shows that guy being escorted not only to the ticket counter, without a visa, but through security by a guy flashing a badge. So, oops. The the kings of the earth and the great merchants mm-hmm. of the earth use their sorcery to deceive the nations of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, there, I've had, uh, oh, i got to go run around the house. <laughs> I'm so worked up about it. 
Uh, in one recent well-publicized case, a TSA official is recorded during an attempted body search saying, buying your tickets, you gave up a lot of rights. So I don't uh, how on earth is it that buying a ticket from a buying a service from a private entity uh restricts your um restricts your your civil rights. You know, that's like mm-hmm, nuts. I strongly disagree. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that I am not alone in believing that we Americans should never give up our rights in order to travel. As our Declaration of Independence states, our rights are inalienable. Uh, yet there are pe- tons of people who don't believe that. Uh, this TSA version of our right of our rights looks more like the quote-unquote rights granted in the old Soviet constitutions, where freedoms were granted to Soviet citizens right up to the moment that this, the state decided to remove those freedoms, mm-hmm. which is uh, a remarkably clear analogy, I would say. Right. The state gives freedoms at their leisure, mm-hmm. and when you do that, you're the same as the Stalinist system. Yep. Because they did give a lot of rights unless they found a good reason not to. Yep. You know, I was doing some, uh, I had mentioned a gulag to somebody today in conversation. They didn't mm-hmm. know what it was, so I punched it up and was showing them it. Yeah. And uh, one of the interesting things that I saw from a person who tried to radically understate it was that he said there weren't a lot of political prisoners, as many as you think there would be. Yeah. There were people that were also accused of stealing and, you know, doing other, showing up unexcused, unexcused absences mm-hmm. for work with one they cited. Old vendettas. Like if somebody got hired up in a party mm-hmm. and they had a grudge against a person, they could set them up on charges. I was going to say. didn't like to look The at other it. thing that they said was that, was that old yeah. vendettas. And then the final thing that they, they quoted for not being political prisoners were the people who said, uh, who had made, a a joke that was critical of the Communist Party, yeah. And they said those weren't those weren't political prisoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, the incident of the so-called underwear bomber last Christmas is given as justification for the billions of dollars the federal government is spending on the new full-body imaging machines. But a government accountability office studied study earlier this year conducted that that had these scanners been in use, they may not have detected the explosive material that was allegedly brought onto the plane. Additionally, there have been recent press reports calling into question the accuracy and adequacy of these potentially dangerous machines. No kidding. Uh, John Hopkins, uh, in association with UL Laboratories, said that these things are uh, pretty... They said, we would never, we're not going to fly, basically, Mm -hmm. the people said. Um, I also have a quote here from Detroit News, uh, quoting Patrick F. Kennedy, who is the Undersecretary for the Management of State Department. Uh, He's talking about this terror suspect, uh, the the Christmas mm-hmm. Day underwear bomber, Patrick F. Kennedy, an undersecretary for management at the State Department, said uh, Abdullah Muttalib's visa wasn't taken away because intelligence officials asked his agency not to deny a visa to the suspected terrorist over concerns that a denial would have foiled a larger investigation into al-Qaeda's threat, threats against the United States. Revo- uh, revocation action would have de- disclosed what they were doing. Kennedy said in a testimony before the House Committee on Homeland Security, allowing Abdul, uh, uh, Abdul, whatever his name is, I just mm-hmm. can't get it, to keep the visa increased. Too much fluoride in your water. Oh, dude, tell me about it. To keep the visa increased chances, federal investigators would be able to get closer to apprehending the terror, ne- the terror network he's accused of working with. Hmm. It's like... They just said, here he is from their own lips. I mean, there it is. Like, wow. We, no, no, we knew he was a terrorist, and we didn't take his visa away because we wanted him on that airplane. 
again. This is another one. Yeah, it's the other guy had his the underwear bomb the um uh, the underwear bomber the one beforehand mm-hmm. that had not this latest one, but the one before same way escorted on. Yeah, I I was like, there it is. Like, wow, once again, government doing it, but it's the terrorists. Which amazingly, the terrorists. This uh. The guy who they just caught that wanted to do it in, was in Portland, I believe. Yeah, I've got a story about that. Okay. Well, it's amazing that somebody on our side was involved. Um, uh, would you like me to share a story? Um, I got a little bit more here. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I thought we, you were done. We didn't actually get. I'm so worked up. I want to like. I need to go walk around the building. Here, Maybe I'll bucket do of it. water. <laughs> <laughs> My legislation is simple. It establishes that airport security screeners are not immune from any U.S. law regarding physical contact with another person, making images of another person, or causing physical harm through the use of radiation-emitting machinery on another person. It means that they are subject to the same laws as the rest of us. Imagine if the political elites in our country were forced to endure the same conditions at the airport as business travelers, families, senior citizens, and the rest of us. And that's the thing, gosh, Mm -hmm. like... Here is this guy patting down grandma. I, I mm-hmm. Man, that just makes me so mad. Uh, perhaps this problem could be quickly resolved if every cabinet secretary, every member of Congress, and every department head in the Obama this administration... This is all Ron Paul saying this. Yeah. We're forced, to, we're forced to submit to the same degrading screening process as the people who pay their salaries. Amen. Now, the majority of the church is all for this because it defends us from terrorists. And we know that this, having them grope our private parts will help protect us from terrorists. Apparently they're and they stand strongly against Ron Paul. They stand yeah. strongly against Ron uh, Paul. I know. The question is, which one would Jesus support? I'm sure he would support the people who... Uh, I won't get into it. Hmm. Uh, well, this, you know, w- one of the things I appreciate... Uh, Alex Jones for helping me understand. I know he's a controversial figure. Mm-hmm. Some of our futurians debate if he's legit or not, mm-hmm. you know, and he, you know, he could have some issues, okay? Aside from that, but one thing he helped me with is to see that they always have purposes for these things. Uh-huh. And one of the purposes he said these kind of things do, any kind of totalitarian law enforcement crackdown, but particularly this kind, is that it breaks the human spirit and it has the, the state has over the centuries and millennia learned that when you humiliate people, it breaks them down and helps enforce your control over them without them complaining mm-hmm. once you've broken their spirit. And I'll give a classic case in point. Uh, in, in Auschwitz and the concentration camps, they, they had demeaning things done to them from the very beginning where they'd mm-hmm. have to strip naked in front of, you know, the women in front of the male guards and they would do other kind of demeaning things in front of them. And it was intended to break your spirit, your self-worth, your um, protection of your own rights, you know, because of your dignity as a person. Mm-hmm. So these things aren't done by accident. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're they're actually done as part of a process to break down. And you know, the spirit of Christ. One reason why we protect ourselves <coughs> sexually and in our in our own, you know, our our um, dignity, and we have these kind of things, is that it also another reason is it strengthens our spirit of who we are. It strengthens our our fortitude, our moral fortitude. When, when we have standards, when we have dignity, when we have restraint. Mm-hmm. And the state wants to break all those kind of things down because it makes a weaker person. I mean, God is for the individual, you know? Even though he believe, you know, he teaches you know, self-sacrifice. Persons, but yeah, he, he, he teaches self-sacrifice. Free will. But yeah. he'll leave the 99 for a one because he respects the individual. The state does not respect mm-hmm. the individual. And this, 
this is something that's another thing that's been in the news lately. They're talking about whether they should have uh, military trials or not. That's a big thing in the news this week. And I've been watching all the conservative leaders get on, you know, which the environment where I come from, conservative back, background. But they're all saying, well, we got to have military trials. We don't want public trials of these, you know, people. And people forget that military trial means secret trial. Mm-hmm. The reason you have a military trial is because you want it done in secret. And if they have, of course, they have very, very limited restrictions on how they can defend themselves. But when they can, if they were, were to present information that showed the government is, for example, setting them up mm-hmm. or having sort of set up false charges, they don't want that coming out in the public. Yeah. I they don't want so that's, that's I mean, it really belies their whole thing because the guys who they have tried, like there was one of them recently, he got off on all but one charge. All the rest of the charges were shown not to be true in a court of law. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't want that happening again. So all of these, and some of these are religious leaders, and you know, like Huckabee and these mm-hmm. other ones. They don't say anything. Well, we want justice done. We mm-hmm. want, now, if the guy's guilty, throw the book at him. You know, if it's just, you know, but they they don't want justice. They want convictions. Mm-hmm. And China. That's incredibly telling. China wants convictions. Mm-hmm. They don't want justice. They want convictions. The Stalinists wanted convictions. They didn't want justice. And that's what we've come to. We don't want to find out, well, are these people really terrorists? And if the facts prove it, we need to deal with them. That's not the question. The question is, can we get them and dispose of them? Mm-hmm. And with the least headache or embarrassment, that's why this WikiLeaks thing ties into it. Anything that embarrasses the state, they're they're going to do every dirty trick like to destroy whatever embarrasses the it's state. It's like we've defended, we've descended into a fascist mindset, and so many people have decided they weren't going to glom onto it. They they don't even realize yeah. that they don't they no longer care about justice, about the truth. And the church should be a moral force, uh, standing. Against this happening in our society, I don't mean like going overthrowing the government, but I mean actually stand, taking a moral, godly stand and ex- mm-hmm. shining the light on it and exposing it. M- meanwhile, we're participating in it. Yeah, I know. as a church, it's so weird. I can't even like head scratching what's going on. I I know people are getting tired and tired of this. Would you like to have a little? St- story to take a break or yeah can i go walk around for a minute i need to go well this one is a little it's just cleanses the palate <sighs> okay for our listeners who like that they don't care about any of that this is something and 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 this gentleman i'm going to read about i would not even known about him had i not been listening to radio liberty That's and listening to dennis cuddy dennis cuddy is on he's been on our show but he's on every friday on is this ken o'keefe nope no. um but dennis cuddy is a gold mine of information uh, and I highly recommend people catch. You can go to newswithviews.com and get his articles. But this, he talked about a gentleman. Do you know about Wayne Peterson? Does that ring a bell? No. Well, yeah, he ta- actually does. He, I know. He Wayne talked Peterson. about him, but uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit from this article because when he said something so fascinating, I had to prove it to myself. Uh, this is an article called Extraordinary Times, Extraordinary Beings about Wayne Peterson. This is a book he wrote. I took this off waynepeterson.com mm-hmm. about his book, okay? And this is a background on this gentleman referred to by Dennis Cuddy. It says, A thread of coincidence seems to run through the 32-year career of a U.S. diplomat, Wayne Peterson, who was recently retired as director of the Fulbright Scholarship Program. Mm-hmm. Okay? He was a high-level diplomat, Fulbright. For for instance, how he began his career by serving in the Peace Corps in Brazil. He says, near the end of my graduating year at the University of Wisconsin, okay, he's just a nobody, school, 
uh, relates Peterson. I was on my way to lunch one day when I had to pass through a recruitment era, area and was stopped by a very well-dressed man who asked, wouldn't you be interested in joining the Peace Corps? It turned out to be David Rockefeller of Chase Manhattan Bank. Huh. Who told me he just happened to be on the University of Wisconsin there, you know, that you know he's got nothing to do. U W Madi- Madison or what? And, uh I assume it was Madison. Mm-hmm. He he says uh he he told me, uh David Rockefeller, that he volunteered one day a year to serve this way. It's almost lunchtime, he said, and you are my candidate. Peterson did join the Peace Corps and served in Brazil from sixty four to sixty six. Now, this is the same thing that was said about if I, if I recollect Obama that um, uh, David Rockefeller went and met him in the cafeteria at Columbia University hmm. and said, we've picked you for higher things. That's my understanding. Yeah. Okay, so in 1965, he realized the total ineffectiveness of the project to which he was assigned and proposed an alternative that would bring more immediate benefit uh, to the local people. His recommendation was denied, and so was his subsequent request to institute a program to help street beggars in the southern region of Brazil. Disillusioned by the bureaucracy he was encountering, Peterson wrote a letter to his mother saying he was seriously thinking of quitting the Peace Corps. Coincidentally, on the day his letter arrived, a famous congressman happened to be sitting in the living room of Peterson's parents. I'm sure that was another fluke, too. Mm-hmm. A co- you know a congressman drops in your living room all the time. They do that a lot. Yeah. Mostly okay. the FBI. He had to be sitting, yeah, sitting in his parents' uh, living room. On reading the letter, the congressman, a staunch supporter of the Peace Corps, decided to intervene. As a result, Peterson was granted the assignment in southern Brazil and helped to create the country's first uh, public welfare program. Uh, appropriately dubbed SOS, the privately funded venture ingeniously circumvented a lot of endemic corruption and helped eliminate the need for begging in the smaller Brazilian cities of 100,000 to 2 million people. The program was so successful that it spread to the country within two years and still in effect today. The helpful congressman, Mark Melvin Laird, went on to become Secretary of Defense under President Nixon. Hmm. Just happened to be in their living room with his parents. No, you know, I mean... Yeah, yeah, after David Rockefeller was just yeah. hanging around on the campus. Gates was in my living room. Yeah, as well, I know it happened. It happens. Toward the end of his Peace Corps tour duty, Peterson was approached by the American ambassador and other diplomats at the embassy in Rio who were impressed with the SOS project as well as Peterson's ingenuity and determination. They re- urged him to become a career diplomat and return to the embassy in Rio. With their enthusiastic support, he passed the qualifying exams and were accepted in the Foreign Service. Over the next 13 years, he served in various diplomatic capacities in Latin America, Southeast Asia, and Africa. Okay, uh, he returned to Washington and became director of the Fulbright Scholarship Program. Another one that's grooming leaders, mm-hmm. just like the uh, Rhodes Scholarship, you mm-hmm. know, Fulbright, uh, which is administered through U.S. embassies overseas and gave him a huge international exposure for 17 years. He says... Perhaps it was a coincidence that I was in Washington. He has a lot of coincidences. Uh, in 1982, when I heard a man speaking on the Merv Griffin show with Gore Vidal. This gets more interesting here. Mm, Gore Vidal. Says huh? Peterson. He says of somebody who was on there with him on, on the Merv Griffin show. He says, it was author Benjamin Krim describing brilliantly scientific and technological enhancements. Advancements soon to be released, such as the discovery of cold fusion. He talked 
of a, that a group of very advanced men, perfected men, were guiding these changes and helping humanity at this critical time from behind the scenes. Nietzsche. It wow. was not long afterwards that I was contacted by a representative of this group in a most unusual manner and offered the chance to meet their leader, Maitreya, the world teacher. That one-hour meeting changed my life forever, said Peterson, and it was so profound that I was reluctant for many years to talk of this in subsequent meetings with members of this remarkable group. Gradually, however, I began, uh, as I began to open up my private uh, meetings and uh, dinner parties in Washington and abroad, I found, now this is his experience with Maitreya, I found that my experience was not so unusual. I was able to discuss Maitreya and his ideas with personal friends of the Pope, businessmen close to the U.S. president, foreign government leaders, and a number of influential people both in the U.S. and overseas. Many of them have had special experiences similar to mine. My understanding is that Maitreya has been preparing not only influential people, but a large group of journalists, core of journalists, and that he will soon begin to appear on a series of major TV interviews and shed his remarkable insights on the means to solve the world's current impasse. Sounds like Benjamin Krem's diplomat. As, as one who has had the privilege to be aware of some of the preparation of these broadcasts, I feel the time is ripe to relate my experience outside of government circles and share the knowledge I've gained. Uh, this is through his book. And if I can dispel the cloud of angst so prevalent now, then coming forward have been worth it. I assure you the future is bright. So here's a guy that's just nobody going on campus. David Rockefeller comes and plucks him out. Okay? Get, sets him up in something. Then he's going around. Then you got a congressman sitting in his parents' thing. Because later becomes Secretary of Defense under Nixon. And see, then it just happens to bump into these people with Benjamin, about Benjamin that's Krim. interesting because I can look back on my life and see all of the same things. But same parallel. Just the opposite, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember this job that I was going to, I interviewed for, and they said they wanted a, they were thinking that it was down to me and another guy on campus. Yeah. And my cell phone had died. And so I went to plug it in. And the charger, for some reason, wouldn't charge in my yeah. car. So I went and called them from a pay phone. And uh, they were like, what are you doing? How come it's so loud? I was like, I'm calling for you from a pay phone. And some, something about that really made them mad. And so huh. they didn't like it. And Then, you know, yeah, oh, I could go on and on. So anyway, so are it's you like saying a that, downward, downward spiral. Well, are you point. saying that guy just had coincidence is all? Yeah, that's all. It's just coincidence. Okay. It's like, for me, it's just like the same, you know, except instead of an upward spiral, it's yeah. like a downward spiral. Rockefeller, high-level official, yeah. Secretary of Defense connections, yeah. and then Maitreya connection. Yeah, just the Maitreya connection. And yeah. saying that, you know, Pope's advisors and all these other high-level people are mm-hmm. all big Maitreya followers, mm-hmm. too, in their private discussions. Well, you know, you got to follow somebody. I mean... It wouldn't surprise me that... I recommend Jesus, okay? I want to go on a sure. record for that. Jesus Christ... Who died for our sins, gave his life for us. I guess my point, I probably didn't state it so Ask well. Ask Matray if he's ever done that for us. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think he has either. No. He, 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 he showed up and sort of walked around a crowd in 1970-something, according to somebody. But yeah. I don't think in he... In Kenya, no less. They ever showed that he died for the sins of anybody. Yeah. Hung on One a of tree. the interesting... I guess the point I was trying to make is that it seems to me like most politicians end up following Satan. So, I mean... Yeah, you know. you're cutting to the chase there. Yeah, it's yeah. just like Maitreya, Satan, whatever you want to call it. That's all I meant by that. Well, there's another term for that. Uh, Pluralism? Uh, we talked about Secretism? that on an earlier show. Um, it, it's it's the New Age term. It's um, when, we, when we talked about uh, 
uh, one of the followers in in the New Age. Uh, oh, what was his name? It was it was in, involved with uh, Blavatsky. And there's a, there's an Indian uh, Satana something else. That's basically it's a Hindu version of Satan that they worship. Shaitan? No, no, that's another thing. That's something else. Yeah. So yeah, they all have their own thing. Okay. I'll, I'll look up the name and get it next show. Give us a story. Vishnu? Not Vishnu. No, not Vishnu. Okay. Oh my He's gosh. Just, there's so much. I've got a table full of stories. You got to pick one. I can't, ah, you got to you got to pick one. Okay, I have one really quick one, and then we'll get on to a longer one. Okay. All right. Uh, this is from the Lou Rockwell blog. Uh, a guy named David Kramer, who I've read occasionally. Um, he writes. The reptiles who run the office of fatherland security <laughs> in collusion with the local Nazis in Tampa have started groping the sheeple at the Tampa Bay, Florida bus terminal in search of terrorists. Now, I really don't, I'm not. Didn't so, stop at the airport. Yeah, so th- the point is, you know, his, his nonsense uh, of writing that aside, the point is, is that now they're doing pat downs at bus terminals because apparently, like, a terrorist might grab a bus and mm-hmm. it might drive it to the runway and take off and crash mm-hmm. into an airport or something. Just think how much things are going to slow down when you go into the supermarket and everybody's got to be done this way, you mm-hmm. know, or any kind of stop you make along the way. The drive through McDonald's, they got mm-hmm. to do it. Um, he writes, we all knew this was coming. We just figured it would be a few years rather than a few weeks after the airport screening opt-out movement started. Of course, soon to follow, we'll be shopping malls, stadiums, cruise ships, etc. And in the uh, comment section, it says, this has been going on for months. I live in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, there it is, right there. Suddenly you got to get a full pat-down to get on a bus, even though there's not been any instance of bus terrorism. And if there were one, I'll call it right now that it is likely somebody in our mm-hmm. own government doing it. You mean like they documented on the 7-7 bombings in London where those... Yeah, buses. They totally. were they were doing the they were doing the um, trials like you know sort of a practice kind of thing uh-huh. on the same exact bus numbers that the bombs went off on the same exact day. Yeah, and the guy who was running doing. it running it refused to when he figured all this out. Like people confronted him for about it, and he locked himself in a closet, refused to come out and yeah. answer any questions. He figured he was going to die if he said anything. Yeah, so like that uh, like He'd that other dude victim. like that other dude that I read from the. Um, uh, the the House of Lords. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he quickly realized he better hurry up and do a retraction and yeah. blame it on drunkenness. Don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. Please let me see another day. Yeah. Okay, you got a longer one. Um. Yes. This is from um a guy named uh well I don't know what his real name is but he posts as Peter Tannenbaum. Um oh, and he is sort of the Tannenbaum. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he was the guy who uh, he was the guy actually, according to Mish, taught him everything he knows. Mish being uh, Mike Shedlock, global economic analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and by the way, Mish, if you're listening out there, I'm trying to contact you to come on our prediction show. Yeah, man, we need you. It would be traditional to have you. Yep. Okay. Um. Anyway, this is something he, he wrote about Ireland's uh, loss of fiscal sovereignty. He, okay. he It's a very lengthy article, so I probably won't go through the whole thing. Okay. Um, uh, over the weekend, it became clear that Ireland is waving its fiscal sovereignty goodbye by accepting a 90 billion euro. Uh, this is an estimate as at the time of the writing, the details the deta- uh, of the deal weren't yet finalized. Bailout under the IMF EU bailout umbrella. 
What looks like a step to stop the rot on the surface is in reality yet another step down the road to perdition. Yes, markets will probably calm down on the wake of this bailout, just as they did after the bailout of Greece, but what then? Before we discuss this point, allow us to point out an important reason why the bailout of Ireland and its insolvent banking system is an especially bleak day for those of us believing in free market capitalism. One of the features of the bailout, as mentioned above, is that Ireland loses its sovereignty in terms of fiscal policy, which is something nobody, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's so obvious, but I haven't heard yet one person point it out. Uh, not only is this one step closer to the European superstate, a centralized leviathan with a gigantic faceless bureaucracy deciding the fate of hundreds of millions of people, it also means that the high-tax, low-growth, socialistic welfare states in the European Union finally get to eliminate a tax competitor. Mm -hmm. Now, I thought, man, that is profound. Mm -hmm. Ireland is a low-tax, yeah. relatively low-welfare for in terms of European Union countries' mm -hmm. state, uh, and it's being destroyed by this thing. Got to bring them down. Uh -huh. So they are uh, the banks uh, that run the EU, um, German, French, English banks who have a sizable mm -hmm. say in what the EU does, are essentially getting rid of uh, a competitor. Yeah. You know? It's like, wow, you're really smart, dude. Like they got rid of Lehman Brothers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, continuing. Before Ireland's economic miracle turned into an unsustainable boom on account of the ECB's ultra-low interest rate policy in the wake of the dot-com bust, the country experienced a well-balanced period of economic growth, largely owed to its decision to lower taxes so as to attract business investment. Thus, Ireland sports one of the lowest corporate tax rate at a mere 12.5%. This strategy worked uh, by offering a degree of economic freedom, of which tax rates are an extremely important component, not available elsewhere in the EU in addition to an English-speaking, well-educated workforce. Ireland was set for success. This success was not exactly joyfully received by the uh, sclerotic, over-bureaucratized socialists in the rest of the EU. Tax harmonization became the battle cry of the legalized highway robbers. Luckily, fiscal sovereignty ensured that they got tax competition instead, which is exactly as it should be. Giving people the liberty to vote with their feet and their wallets ensured that the high-tax nations had to hold back with inventing new and higher taxes at every opportunity. Instead, they were forced to seriously consider something that was entirely new for their model of constant expansion of the state, simplifying tax codes and lowering taxes. Thanks for that, Pyro. Uh, it is, of course, not so that they succeeded. In an infamous experiment, a German TV station sent a citizen with, an, with his annual tax declaration into a branch office of the German tax authority, where he proceeded to ask the various bureaucrats and tax specialists passing him uh, by to assist him with a few problems he had encountered in filling out his return. The result? The people who should know the tax code best were not able to give him coherent answers to his questions. Instead, a hefty debate broke loose without a definitive result. And I looked that up. It's all in German. It's a really funny mm -hmm. video. Um, what, this example, what this example illuminates is that we have arrived at a juncture where the law has ceased to serve the citizenry. Uh, instead, it has become an impenetrable jungle of purposeful obfuscation so that everyone runs the risk of becoming a criminal by mistake. This is not freedom. It is tyranny. As a consequence, tax competition can be seen as an important factor holding back 
or at least slowly slowing down the steady encroachment of tyrannical law on the citizens of the over-bureaucratized welfare-slash-warfare states of the EU. In this sense, we should not mourn. In this sense, we should mourn Ireland's decision to bow to the demand that it accept a bailout, not only because it allows bondholders to once again get away scot-free without having to take the losses that are rightfully theirs, but also because a champion of low taxes and a simplified tax regime has been emasculated. Mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that may have been. Uh, you know, maybe I'm wearing my Captain Obvious hat, but I thought that was some insightful commentary. Yeah. yeah. It's like wow. Like much well, for. After you've been doing this all this time, you start realizing when you finally hit probably the real reason on stuff, there's something clicks in your head that says, aha, mm-hmm. now this is starting to make sense. Yep. This fits history. You know, this fits. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you know what? It, all of the people, millions of people who are wrecked by this action on Ireland, that's what they call collateral damage. Mm-hmm. The economic banks, you know, when they want to conquer it, like, like our collapse in 08. You know, they consider all the people foreclosing their homes and stuff. That's just collateral damage. Much like when we go drop bombs on countries and it kills all these civilians. Well, that's collateral. We were looking for that we're one bad another, guy in a cave. We're having another mind meld because I was just about to bring that up. The fact that uh, the fact that people sit in their in their living rooms and go, oh well, well we blew all those people up over there that were just at a wedding. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I don't need to worry about that because that's not me, and they're just other folks over there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, guess what? You're going to feel the sting now. Well, I mentioned that to you on the phone, that Brother Tim, who listens to our show, very insightful guy, always enjoys emails. Mm-hmm. He sent an email, something to the effect that if he wondered if, if this whole humiliation of the TSA pat-downs and other kind of thing was a spiritual uh, byproduct of the same kind of stuff we've been doing overseas with rendition mm-hmm. and illegal detainment of people and other stuff that we're actually now the American citizen is getting a small taste of the treatment mm-hmm. that we do to other people. I've wondered that for a long time, actually. Yeah. Um, Tim, uh, I'm sure it's much more insightful than I am. I just happen to have a microphone, but yeah, um, it's interesting that it's interesting that you look at various places like Romans two talks about. I, I mentioned this to you, I think a few times that it doesn't, it doesn't say that, God punished the Israelites because of their sin. He said he saw the sins in their heart and gave them over to all of that stuff. Right. It's like, mm, so that was a byproduct. That action was a byproduct of the sin that was already yes. internal. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the American public may start reaping the mm-hmm. whirlwind, basically. Some New World Order James Billington programming there. Yeah, that was me, subliminal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I share with you a uh, story here? Hit it. Um this is going to reinforce uh, that Dr. Future is a liberal kind of idea because I'm going to quote Dennis Kucinich here. He obviously is generally a liberal kind of guy, although an he'll stand with guys like Ron Paul about um, human rights mm-hmm. and individual rights and things like that. So That's uh, the one thing that I can appreciate about it. It serves yeah. nobody's purpose to just one-dimensionalize people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear something that he wrote. Uh, this is Dennis Kucinich. This is based upon, you heard in the news about how there was this Taliban leader that was negotiating chief. It turned out was a fake all along. Yeah, I wanted to bring that in. I didn't get a chance to. Well, Dennis Kucinich uh, uh, sent a press release out from from his office. Well, it's not just that he was a fake. It was that the guy that was doing the negotiations was a CIA asset the whole time. So it's like the State Department negotiating with the CIA 
And they want us to take them at face value. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, well, he, here, this is uh, from an outfit called Global Research. It just all they did was reprint his press release. Um, Dennis Kucinich says, fake Taliban leader, fake elections, fake deadline, real trouble. Uh, it says, Afghanistan war, nightmare without end for troops, innocent civilians, and U.S. taxpayers. He says, Congressman Dennis Kucinich, a leading proponent of peace, today renewed his call to end the Afghan war after it was revealed that a self-proclaimed senior Taliban negotiator working with President Karzai and NATO officials was an imposter. He says, the war in Afghanistan is taking place in a nether world where facts and common sense have no place. Elections are fake. Our deadline to withdraw is a fake. Now we learn that a fake Taliban leader has been leading us to believe that NATO was facilitating high-level talks between Taliban leadership and the corrupt Afghan central government were propping up. It was truly, uh, it was truly amazing that our government said we were negotiating with high-level Taliban leadership while at the same time we were stepping up airstrikes to wipe them out. Evidence abounds that the Kar- Karzai regime in Kabul is among the most corrupt in the world. President Karzai rules through crony capitalism. He works to protect his cronies rather than the Afghan people. This is our congressman talking, okay? Our tax dollars are going to the Karzai family and its supporters to buy villas in Dubai. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, we know that our tax dollars fund both sides of the conflict. We know that our, quote, allies pay the enemy not to attack our troops mm-hmm. and that they also may be bribing insurgents to attack our troops. We've covered all of those things, I think, here. That's right. Quick. And it's all taxpayer money yeah. to stage to stage a war. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also know that U.S. tax dollars uh, fund Afghan warlords. NATO officials have become so skilled in self-deception uh, that a senior NATO official recently claimed that Kabul is safer for children than most Western cities. Meanwhile, those who continue to advocate for the war apply the dark arts, I love this term, dark arts of public relations to manufacture support for a war which is neither winnable, nor moral, nor sane. It is time for Congress to start asking General Petraeus some direct questions. The war in Afghanistan is longer than any other war America has ever fought. It has cost U.S. taxpayers more than a trillion dollars. More than 1,300 Americans have died, thousands more wounded. Countless innocent Afghan civilians have died. The only real thing about this war is the dead and wounded soldiers and civilians, the wasted tax dollars, and the mounting evidence telling us to get out. That must be like the the weirdest place to work in his office. It must be like a total... I mean, it must be fun, but it's like just a, you know, completely different than what you would expect. Uh, could be. Um but you know, like I said, I wouldn't agree with everything he did about yeah. more oh, socialistic tons, tons of things stuff and things with, like but, that. Yeah. But I would say that's some of the clearest thinking I've heard come out of congressional office, short of Ron Paul. Yeah, there you have it. So um, we've got just a few minutes left because we'll okay. need to bring Merv in. You want to share something short? That's perfect because I have this I have this uh, article here about the Christmas tree bomber. Okay. And uh, it it's there's several things here that I want to put on the record. Okay, uh, you got about a, uh, two minutes or so. Okay. Um, the teenager accused of attempting a bomb at Christmas tree lighting, uh, attempting to bomb a Christmas tree lighting ceremony in Portland, Oregon, was acting on his own initiative and not at the direction of any foreign terrorist organization, a law enforcement official said Saturday. So the key was acting on his own initiative. He's not a card-carrying Al-Qaeda member? No. Um, uh, my, I'm going to say this. I'll say this. I, I want to test this. Uh, so our listeners can see. 
we're going to see if later on it comes out that the Fed was feeding the skylines all the time. So, Well, the Christmas tree bomber, wasn't that initiated by the uh, FBI? Oh, really? That just came out of the news. Yeah, I oh. got a story. <laughs> yeah. Clueless patsy set up by FBI in Christmas tree bombing plot. That's what I wanted to test. Yeah. I was like, this is perfect. Listen how this the, article is. Yeah, the FBI set up the whole thing. They actually recruited him to do their terrorist attack. Awesome. Here it says Muhammad Osman Muhammad. Uh, He's Mo- one of the Osman brothers. Yeah. Uh, hatched the plan on his own to use a cell phone to detonate what he believed was an explosive-filled van at the crowded Christmas tree lighting ceremony Friday. According to the official... So, hit me. No, uh... The arrest was a culmination of a long-term undercover operation. Um, uh, let's see here. FBI told... Here's the FBI told him, contacted him, that they were building the bomb. FBI told them that they were building it. Mm-hmm. Um... They went so far as to travel to a remote spot in Lincoln County where a bomb was concealed in a backpack, was detonated as a trial run uh, for the upcoming Christmas tree attack. The FBI detonated the bomb. The FBI eagerly assisted their clueless Mark when he decided to shoot a video explaining his half-witted act. Um, Mahmoud and the FBI operative agreed to meet in Portland uh, where he allegedly told the FBI operative that he had written articles that were published in Jihad Recollections, an online magazine. Um. So, uh, yeah, this is an FBI affidavit. Mm-hmm. His bomb plot began in August 2009. Uh, okay, so I was going to say that here's a guy that we could perfectly test, you know, this whole idea that, this, that, that the FBI and the other alphabet soup is putting people up to this. Yeah. And, like, you totally beat me to the punch. Yeah. No, it was, uh, no, it's true. It's, it's a real deal. <laughs> another one. Yet another one. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was set up, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I have more information. I don't have it in my fingers right now. Well, let's uh, do it. Let's do it. You want to do it? Keep going. The I mean, CIA effort. No, I, th- I think we get the, the re- read it yourself, people. Uh, the CIA effort to construct a Muslim terrorist archetype. This is uh, one article I have. Uh, uh, was following the. Um, well, l- let me hold it at that. But look up this Christmas tree bomber. It was a, another yet another FBI sting operation where they set it up. Set up the whole thing. And then, see, they needed victory because they were losing some face over these disclosures, you know, the WikiLeaks disclosures. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were getting, they were getting a lot of flack about the pat-downs and the TSA stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they had to produce another yeah. terrorist. I can't help but wonder if what, what's going on over at, uh, over in North and South Korea, uh, uh, is going to be a perfect sort of distraction. As 80-something year old Dr. Stan Monte says, we have the best enemies money can buy. Yeah. Uh, someone else who's uh, not an enemy but the best we can buy is Merv, who can tell you how to contact us at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to reiterate again, when you email us, let us know if we can read your 
your email on air, all or in part, and if you want to be anonymous or not, because we'd like to read more of your emails next week, mm-hmm. the wonderful things that you all are sharing. Keep mm-hmm. us in prayer. For those of you who listen and disagree with much of what we say, um, we appreciate you listening anyway and telling us what you think and keeping an open mind, and we'll try to do the same. Yeah. We, we just want to find the truth. And we're still searching and if adjusting you like what us, we do. Record our show, put it on a DVD, and give it to five of your best friends. If you don't like us, record the show and give it to five of your best enemies. <laughs> That's true. Well, we, we're going to have to go. Any last words before we split? Let's just hit it, man. Let's get out of here. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we sure appreciate you joining us. Uh, we hope to see uh, you next week for some more interesting stories and some great interviews coming up in the weeks ahead. And until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Sayonara. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake.